The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Sports Medicine Weekly is brought to you in part by Athletico Physical Therapy, better for everybody, by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, team physicians of the Chicago Bulls, White Sox, and DePaul University Athletics, by Karen Malkin Health Counseling, transform your health one bite at a time, by Integrated Orthopedics, accelerate your healing, by MedWest, the number one choice for advanced orthopedic solutions, by Source, biological solutions helping surgeons get their patients back in the game of life, and by ATI Physical Therapy for the highest quality care in a friendly environment. We're ready to go, folks. Another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. My name is Steve Cashel, radio host of the Chicago Bulls. In a few minutes, I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls and a co-team physician for the Chicago White Sox. He's also a sports medicine specialist and orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and Rush University Medical Center. This week on the show, among our topics, we're going to visit with Dr. Matt Sardelli from Flint, Michigan. The role of the ALL, the anterior lateral ligaments. What is it? Why is it important? When should it be considered? And then Dr. Cole and I will talk on the topic of bruised and broken ribs. I had that situation happen to me with some bruised, possibly broken ribs a couple of weeks ago. We'll go through my diagnosis and also how to treat it. Is it ice? Is it heat? The front compared to the back ribs and also is surgery ever required? So interesting topic. We'll get the prognosis and the best thing to do from Dr. Cole. And then We'll wind up with a little talk about one of my favorite sports, golf. James Stanhart, Director of Instruction from Golf Tech in Naperville, will join us. And we'll talk a little bit about do golfers have to get in golf shape. How important is it to get a golfer to swing within their physical capability? So a lot coming up on Sports Medicine Weekly, our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. Back to get it going after this on ESPN Radio. Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-day transformation wellness bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, fat-burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14 Day transformation.com that's the numbers one four day transformation.com or visit karen's website at karenmalkin.com that's k-a-r-e-n-m-a-l-k-i-n.com you're listening to sports medicine weekly with steve cashel and dr brian cole on espn 1000 back here on this saturday morning steve cashel dr brian cole is sports medicine weekly reminder to reach out to us on facebook follow us on twitter at smw home that proceeds from our program sports medicine weekly go to support orthopedic research at rush to the live active now Org fund. Dr. Cole, I read recently on social media a new ligament found in the knee, ALL. Is that true? You know, Steve, we have a way in orthopedics of sort of reinventing ourselves maybe when we get bored, you know, and they say that the sort of the body of knowledge in, our, in my field doubles every five years. And I think sometimes it's just a matter we sort of find a, a, a new twist on an old theme. So this is one of those things that um, some anatomists in Europe uh, identified through dissection, a thickening in the, in the knee or in the capsule on the outside of the knee that they sort of uh, labeled uh, the ALL or the anterior lateral ligament. And the reality is it's something we've probably known uh, has been there for a very long time and not that new, but it highlighted uh, a level of attention uh, on something that might contribute to patients who have ACL tears, for example, who may not do well or who actually fail in ACL reconstruction. We look for other secondary forms of looseness or instability. So this old problem with a new name um, and greater uh, 
delineation by anatomy, dissection, and things like that has raised our level of awareness that we have a whole new burgeoning uh, area of interest within the knee associated with ACL tears. Did we ever have a name uh, was, or a description <clears throat> for this before? Well, if I, if I had to say what this probably most people would say, this is really the, the, the capsule. It's really a capsular thickening or uh, on the outer side of the knee that we've picked up for years that, and others have described it uh, in, uh, uh, in, the, in, in the knee based upon an MRI finding where the capsule is actually disrupted or torn off the shin bone and the tibia in association with an ACL tear. So probably not that new, but we understand the anatomy now that someone's actually helped us become sort of hyper aware of it. Let's bring on our next guest, one of our featured guests provided by MedWest, uh, Dr. Matt Sardelli, orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine specialist from Flint, Michigan. And uh, thanks so much, Dr. Sardelli, for uh, lending your expertise as well. So uh, let's get your view on what the uh, ALL of the knee is. I couldn't agree more with what Dr. Cole has just described. Uh, It's sort of what's old is new again. Uh, I can think back to as far as the 1800s when the lateral capsular ligament was first described by a French surgeon named Paul Sagand, and it was described more as a capsular avulsion off of the tibia in folks that had knee instability. I think later on, Jack Houston described it as the middle third lateral capsular ligament. But most recently, some fine work by Stephen Clay's really delineated out that it truly is a ligament on the lateral side of the knee, uh, and has helped us to really understand uh, and define it. So let me ask you a question. Where, you know, now that we have this emergence of new knowledge and some uh, good studies biomechanically and looking at anatomy, how has it uh, changed your practice in the management of patients who have ACL injuries? Well, that's a great question. I think uh, most of us surgeons... Uh, if we're really being realistic and, and, uh, and truthful, are not as successful with ACL surgeries as we might think. Uh, there was a large study recently known as the Moon Study, which looked at high school and collegiate football athletes uh, and, and their ability to return to sport after ACL reconstruction, and it showed about 63 to maybe 69 percent of folks uh, in, that, in that cadre of patients were able to actually get back to their sport, and only 43 percent felt that they had actually returned to their previous level of sport, meaning they'd gone back to that sport playing at the same level that they played prior to their ACL tear. And so we think about those numbers, and it becomes a little concerning that can we do it better? Can we help athletes get back to their uh, sport uh, more consistently? And I think this anterolateral ligament for me uh, really comes into play with, with respect to that in the sense that we can see that if you're dealing with someone with, say, a large pivot shift, which we know happens with ACL tears. Dr. Sardelli, what is a pivot shift? Help our audience understand what that is. Sure. A pivot shift is something that occurs uh, with rotational instability of the knee, and it typically occurs uh, in light of an ACL tear in which the tibia rotates on the femur. Got it. So that's something that we believe this new ligament that's been described, or an old ligament that's been redescribed, the ALL, uh, may factor in. These people who have this rotational instability. So how do you make a decision when this should be reconstructed? When do you, when do you, what are your indications for it? Well, again, I think this is a controversial topic at this time, but I think when you see an athlete uh, with a large pivot shift as evidenced on an MRI, uh, maybe by way of a bone bruise that you can see on an MRI, that perhaps that individual might be a candidate for an ALL reconstruction as well as an ACL. Uh, I think the ligamentously lax young people may also be candidates for the ALL reconstruction. Uh, these are folks that, that maybe have hyperextensible joints or they have a knee that's able to hyperextend. Uh, I feel that those individuals may also benefit from augmenting an ACL reconstruction with an ALL. Uh, also, folks that have the so-called Sagan fracture, which, uh, uh, as I described maybe a little bit earlier, uh, <clears throat> that's where you do actually see a bony avulsion or a bony chip off of the tibia. 
Uh, that indicates that maybe the ALL has been injured uh, as well. And I also consider it for folks in revision cases. Say you've had an ACL done before. Uh, unfortunately, it did not work out for you, and you're back again to have it done. Uh, I think in those individuals, an ALL also uh, could make some sense. Our guest is Dr. Matt Sardelli. He's a guest provided by MedWest, one of our sponsors, a great orthopedic surgeon, sports medicine specialist out of Michigan, from Ortho, Michigan. And uh, Dr. Sardelli, final question. Should the athletes be aware of the uh, ALL uh, ligament? I mean, is it something that uh, more and more people will be familiar with, or uh, we'll leave it up to the doctors? Uh, I think right now it's best to leave it up to the doctors, such as Dr. Cole. Uh, but it's becoming increasingly more common. Uh, it's becoming increasingly more common, I should say, reconstructed, meaning I think surgeons are recognizing this as an important ligament. And so uh, they're starting to have the conversation with patients with respect to doing this uh, as, as a sort of adjunct procedure to an ACL. I think you're seeing it being done more and uh, more and more. And so I think athletes will soon enough have to become familiar with this as a procedure that's done in conjunction with an ACL. Great stuff. Dr. Sardelli, really appreciate you joining us in Sports Medicine Weekly. Thanks so much for your time, guys. All righty. And we're back with more of our show, SMW, after this. On ESPN Radio. That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow! That's not good. Or having an accident at work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy, better for everybody. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograft designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Back here on this Saturday morning, it's Sports Medicine Weekly. And that proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly. Go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org. Our producer, Felix Reyes, our coordinating producer, Tris Ann Seeger. Reminder to reach out to us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at SMW Home. To access prior shows, interviews, and valuable resources on sports injury and fitness, please visit our blog at smwhome.net or sportsmedicineweekly.com. All right, Dr. Cole, I've got a uh, personal injury I want to share with you, okay? A couple weeks ago, I uh, can I say trip down the stairs? I hate to say fall down the stairs, but I tripped and fell down the stairs at, at my home, hardwood stairs, and I either bruised or suffered a broken rib. And uh, what is the difference? 
uh, well, I think I would think of it as a spectrum. Uh, they, they can hurt uh, equally as much, but classically a broken rib is far worse than a bruised rib. But uh, a bruised rib is sort of a pre-break, if you will. You know, I mean, if you fall hard enough, it's a bad contusion or a bruise, and that hurts a lot. You've had it, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I did one. Uh, I, I, I had it happen during water skiing, falling at probably 25 to 30 miles an hour. And Just hitting the water? Yeah. And, uh, Not a ski. It, you hit the water. Pretty sure it was water, and it was really painful. It's, it's definitely one of the more painful injuries I've had. There's certainly you know others, but this is one that really hurts because everything you do, every time you twist, you move, you sit to a stand, you go to the bathroom, you cough, you sneeze, everything is affected in your rib cage, and uh, it can be very, very painful. Did you have front or back? I had, I had back. Yeah, so mine was in the front. So what? So you, you, let's call it what it is. You fell down the stairs. Yeah, and, and I, I, I got I nothing else just hit, yeah. do, 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 do. And did you hit on your back? Well, I, I hit my elbow. My, yeah. my elbow. I think I hit the UCL. I, I learned that from this show. I, yeah, I mean, it was almost like the funny, the funny yeah, bone because yeah. my, my, my last fingers two fingers went numb. Were, yeah. went numb for about an hour. But I, I, I got the wind knocked out of me hitting the stairs like yeah. that. And um, how'd you fall, by the way? You know what? I was. You want the whole, the whole story? That's all, I think those are, that's actually the best part of the story. All right, so I was there. playing uh, catch baseball, you know, uh-huh. with my 10-year-old yeah. outside, yeah. and I had to drive my 12-year-old to hockey. I was yeah. running late, so I had to run up the stairs. My wife just vacuumed our carpet. Yeah. We had white carpeting upstairs. Ran up the stairs, decided to take my shoes off because it was raining. We were playing catch. Yeah. Took my shoes and put them on the last, the first step as you would step as down. As you were starting to go down, yeah. Yeah, didn't realize that. Grabbed my wallet, my keys, my money. Got to go rush my other son to hockey. Took off, <laughs> ran down the stairs, and Sorry. didn't hit the stairs, but hit the shoe. And I was yeah. uh, do, 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 do. And I mean, oh my goodness. I was trying to talk to my son, going, Corey, I can't talk. I got the wind knocked out of me. I was hoping I wasn't paralyzed. It's yeah, a frightful yeah, thing. Yeah, it yeah. really is. So, who drove your son? I drove my, I just, I, yeah, I popped, <laughs> popped a couple of a leave and I, you know, I, and you know what? I was okay. It was bad the next couple of yeah, days. And I really yeah. got out of it about five days later. I felt like, and then one morning I woke up, horrible back spasms. Yeah. And tell me what a back spasm well, is. I mean, is that like, I think of protecting like an injury. Yeah, that can be. But I mean, does the body the have its own little did mechanism? You, did you have a ton of pain after it happened in your back, like for that day, or was there not? Yes, no, for 24 right. hours, 48 hours, 72, and I iced it, yeah. you know, because I, I went online, found out you can ice till about 72 yeah. hours, but right. I did because it was a specific place in my back. I've had right. lower back, you know, the right. L4 and everything. This was definitely the I rib mean, cage. Yeah, sometimes there's, there's a muscle group called the intercostal muscles, which are the muscles between the ribs. Sometimes that just gets really sort of hyperactive. They get overactive, and those can go in spasm, too, and plus you've got all these thin layers of muscles that cover your back, too, so my guess is it's, it's, it's not just the rib, and whether it's broken or not, it still gets the same treatment it's it's relative rest you're gonna have a hard time playing golf by the way uh compression and so you can take a six inch ace and put it around your 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 rib cage for compression a six inch, yeah. inch ace yes. bandage yeah just you know wrap it around your torso around where the rib what is. what does that do it just gives you support and compression okay. it actually can make you feel a lot better um, is that something you wear 24 7 or comfort. i mean i think you know sleep it can be difficult so anti-inflammatories are really important okay. uh, to reduce inflammation and also to just t- simply take care of pain i think frankly you can ice more than 72 hours the ice can help a lot especially if you're more active and, you know, is there ever rib, heat? Um, yeah, I mean, heat is not bad, especially if you have a, a muscular uh, part of this where the, you have a lot of soreness and spasm in your in your back. Uh, but I still think ice is really good in the first week, to be honest. And there's you know a bit of controversy there, but ice helps with inflammation. It just sort of numbs and reduces inflammation in the area. And look, this is if it is a fracture, you're looking. There's no surgery for it, and it always gets better. But it can take six, eight weeks to get you what you're looking for. So you just got to be patient. You know, I was asking friends. I should have asked you right you off the me? bat. I, I should have. I, mean, I don't like to me. bother you, but I should have. No I should have. But people say, don't go to a doctor. They can't do anything unless no, you, you might have a punctured shirts. lung. Do most people get X-rays for a bruised or, or fractured rib? You know, I think that just depends on the individual. I think you can almost make the diagnosis. You know, we've had rib fractures in, in the NBA, and some of these don't even show up on X-ray. So um, you're right. The ones that are more to the front, that are really high energy, can have a spike of bone that can go directly into a rib 
cage, and obviously that's a bigger, uh, excuse me, into the lungs, and that's a much bigger injury. So where yours is, that you'd worry about the yours is in the back where you're pointing. You'd worry about the kidneys, for example, and things like that. So from a from a listener's point of view, you want to make sure you're not peeing blood and you don't have horrible cramping, pain, and dizziness and things like that because other things can happen. Let me ask you: surgery ever required for a bruised or broken rib? Um, I that's a great question. Um, I've never seen it. I suppose I don't know. I've never seen that. I mean, I suppose. The surgery would be more related to a you know cataclysmic rib fracture that punctures a lung and there's a spike of bone and so forth. I suppose it's possible, um, uh, but that would be yeah I suppose possible. You have a flail chest, meaning it's a high energy injury. Those are typically motor vehicle or automobile accidents, and probably more because of the secondary problems you know due to lungs and and the soft tissue organs. It is the ribs themselves. Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole, with you at Sports Medicine Week. We're discussing bruised or broken ribs. I have one or the other, and still trying to get through it. And it's killing me that I'm missing some media days, some golf opportunities. I'm dying to play golf here in Chicago uh, with the weather finally turning. And uh, Dr. Cole, let me ask you, though, you said you've seen it in the NBA because you cover both the White Sox players and the Bulls players, not naming names. Have you seen it in both MLB and NBA, yeah, fractured less, or bruised ribs? Uh, sure. I mean, getting, getting hit by a ball, taking a direct blow, you'll see that in, you'll see that in baseball. Uh, but I've had, we had one last year in basketball uh, towards the end or near, near the end of the season. I actually can't remember who it was. We had a rib fracture last year. You probably remember. Was it an elbow to the, to the ribs? or um, It was a direct blow. It may have been, was it Taj? It was Taj. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I hope I'm not misspeaking. Maybe but Taj was, Gibson. Yeah. It was really painful. I mean, and he tried to play through it. It's just this, you can see how hard. Well, it is the breathing thing is hard. I mean, right. taking a deep breath, yeah, trying yeah. to, as you said, sneeze, cough. Yeah. You know, even a, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it, it just, what is that about yeah, the ribs? Well, I mean, it's just because every time it expands, you're, you're pulling out a fracture. It's yeah. Every time you take a deep breath in, or you cough, or you do something sudden, that's what happens. But good news is it gets better. They all heal, and um, you know, I'd say the first two, three weeks are the worst, and. You'll get through it. Are there prescription drugs? Are you talking about painkillers or anti-inflammatories or both no, or I mean, something look, like pain this? Painkillers, you know, all of us are trying to get away from it in terms of Why? Because, of, because of the addictive potential, the side effects, things like that. But when things are really bad, painkillers can be great if they're used responsibly. So I would say, for, for you know, the most common is an anti-inflammatory, and I love Motrin or ibuprofen. It's inexpensive. It's very safe as long as you have no allergies to it and, and take it with some food. And uh, it's one of the best pain relievers out there. So the prescription dose is like 600, 800 milligrams, not just the two 200s over the, t- over the counter. Um, Tylenol is also a very good pain reliever as well. So you can take extra strength Tylenol with Advil or Seriously? Motrin. Yep. Yeah, they don't interfere with one another. Wow. So just take it by the dosing schedule and, um, you know, it can be very effective. Next time I'm going to call you first thing. I think you should. <laughs> okay. Take advantage of it. Dr. Brian Cole, Steve Cashel, back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after this. On ESPN Radio. I've been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance scheduled me right away. No wait. Everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. 
Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News & World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. Allosource's products help surgeons get their patients back into the game of life. Prochondrex, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograft designed to restore cartilage and restore movement. To learn more about Prochondrex, visit Prochondrex.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Back on this Saturday morning, Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole. It is Sports Medicine Weekly. And this year, folks, we have syndicated the show, podcast on a variety of platforms, including YouTube, iHeartRadio, Sprecher, and many others. Uh, in addition, we have new apps for the iOS and Android, plus a new segment-specific podcast player on the website, all available uh, from the top menu tabs at sportsmedicineweekly.com. Our next guest, Dr. Cole, this is right up my alley. He is a tremendous uh, teacher of the golf swing Director of Instruction at the Golf Tech in Naperville. Golf Tech does such a wonderful job. It is James Standhart. And, uh, you know, Doc, I want to ask you to start this segment off. Um, how, many, how many golfers do you see come into your offices? And what kind of injuries are you seeing with a golfer or a guy that wants to return to sport? Well, I think it's, it's either that they play golf and they get injuries independent of golf and they just want to get back to play golf. Right. Right. That's probably more common than people getting injured while they're playing golf. Okay. So, and, and then a lot of things I deal with, which are overuse and so forth, inhibit people from playing golf, like, say, rotator cuff tendonitis. That's what I'm thinking about, the rotator elbow. cuff, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, in my space, it's really just shoulder, elbow, knee, but there's plenty of back and other issues. But, you know, for example, the shoulder, uh, we do see things that get aggravated during the swing, and there are people who walk around with rotator cuff tears that don't know they have them until they start getting compromised in their in their swing and they have pain after playing 18 holes and they come home and their shoulders achy and having trouble sleeping and things like that so it highlights an underlying problem i'd say one of the more common injuries we'll see are golfer's elbow which is like tennis elbow but on the inner side of the elbow if you inadvertently for example hit the ball fat transfers a ton of energy to the elbow and they get significant elbow pain but the number one question i get is how when can i get back to play uh, what is the transition? Can I, when can I start putting? When can I start chipping? And I have to sort of go through that evolution because if they're recovering from something, especially surgery, there are certain things they can adopt early, but there's other things that could take four to six months before I let them do it because I worry about re-injury. All right, well, let's bring on our swing, swing instructor and, uh, as I said, from Golf Tech in Naperville, James Stanhart. James, thanks so much for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. So the next question is for you, James, regarding what Dr. Cole was talking about. What percentage of golfers do you work with that are coming off of some type of surgery? Sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be on. Um, I'd say in our practice, probably somewhere between 10 to 20% at any given time uh, on a day-to-day basis uh, are guys and gals that are uh, coming off of surgery, trying to get back into the game, uh, trying to make sure they do it the right way uh, with good instruction first and kind of rolling back into it uh, smoothly. But it's a pretty big percentage, uh, definitely a few people every day that we see. And, James, uh, how important is it to get to get a golfer to swing within their own physical capabilities? Uh, you're not trying to teach the, uh, the Tiger Woods swing or the swing like, um, you know, some of the top players in the game. And, you know, I, we go back to, you know, Dustin Johnson with uh, a different swing, Sergio Garcia. They all have different swings. But and someone says, I want to swing like that guy. I'm sure you get that request. But how important is it to, to kind of say, well, you're this type of, of body type, and we've got to stick to what you do best, mm-hmm. right? Uh, of course, yeah. So I think uh, you're always trying to make sure that uh, folks swing within their own limitations. That's, I think any instructor would agree with that. But I'll tell you, though, the, the thing that we see uh, in Naperville is um, a lot of folks underestimate their physical capabilities when it comes to the golf swing. 
So uh, we're actually coaxing folks into uh, new positions they've never been into uh, every day, and they're surprised how, how easy it is when they do it the right way. So from, a, from an instruction standpoint, uh, we find that uh, if, if somebody's making a move incorrectly, meaning uh, certain joints are extending or flexing or rotating uh, too much here and there, um, if we can fix the mechanics of the swing, all of a sudden folks become more flexible immediately. So a lot of folks kind of undervalue their own mobility, um, and when the, when the mechanics change, it's a lot easier to, to get in new positions they never thought possible. I'm curious, are you giving them programming for when they're not playing golf, not swinging, things that they do sort of t- as correctives to, to minimize this? Yeah, certainly. So part of our program is a strength training uh, issue as well. So uh, it's, a, it's a one-off basis, so depending on the person, uh, if somebody needs more uh, ballistic motion in the swing to create speed, we'll focus a lot on muscle building, uh, lots of uh, squatting, lots of lower body motion uh, to create more speed from the, from the ground up. Uh, somebody is uh, the kind of guy that or, or gal that uh, struggles coming in on the back nine. So on uh, hole 14, 15, 16, they start to lose uh, some stamina and pitter out. Uh, then we try to focus on endurance, and we'll do more cardiovascular exercise that way. Uh, but also strength training as well to make sure that we can increase stamina. So it's really uh, a one-off basis depending on what the person needs. Uh, but we'll certainly send them home with strength, strength training exercises or mobility exercises, or we'll do it in the center as part of their session with us. Our guest is James Stanhart, Golf Tech Director of Instruction from the Naperville facility, one of the Mizuno Top 100 Club Fitters as well, and uh, received an Outstanding Achievement in Instruction 2011 through 2016. Dr. Cole, you know, it's funny. Do you believe that golfers have to get in golf shape? You know, I, I lift weights probably three times a week. I do cardio three to four times a week. But when I play my first round of 18 holes in Chicago, even in Florida, we usually go to Florida maybe during spring break or we have that all-star break that I get to go out uh, during the uh, bull season. And 18 holes, I can't go another two or three holes or try to play 27 or 36. I am that sore. Well, I mean, think about it. There's not much you do that mimics golf other than golf, right? Right. So you're invoking a lot of movement and muscle patterns that you don't do every day. So I can tell you, I you know how many times I play a year, probably four or five, right? I am very sore. Are you really? Yes. It's good to hear. Yeah, no. Because you're I, in I mean, incredible shape. Yeah, but it, thank you, but not golf shape. Well, thank you. That's <laughs> so, what I'm getting at. Yeah, so I yeah. think it's a whole different skill set that, uh, you know, is is meaningful. So I'm sure that as I was, that's what I was getting at. There are things you can do outside the golf course to sort of uh, mimic, and, yeah, mimic yeah. and remain sort of nimble with it because I think with all the repetitive activities and swinging with golf, there's no question that it, it, it wreaks havoc on your joints. And James, uh, add to that what we're talking about. What suggestions do you have uh, maybe for the, the typical, you know, workhorse out there, the weekend warrior who wants to play golf hard on the weekends and try to get in 36, but boy, you're so sore after the first 18, right? Yeah, so I think Dr. Cole hit the nail on the head. Uh, no other type of motion that we do in day-to-day life mimics the golf swing except for the golf swing. So, and if you ask other professionals from other sports, uh, ask a professional football player, what's the best way to get into football shape? And I'll tell you, playing football. So uh, no matter how many preseason drills you do, how much strength training you do, uh, nothing really uh, can prepare you for the, for the rigors of making a golf swing over the course of four or five hours and multiple times a, a week. Uh, to that end, though, making sure you're in the best physical condition you can be in uh, from a strength training standpoint. And also the stamina part is huge, too. So uh, going into the first round of golf of the season, especially for us in this area, uh, we want to make sure that uh, somebody is able to do uh, four or five hours of continuous physical workout, um, You know, even not all that arduous when it comes to golf, but uh, so that we can play well in the back nine as well as the front nine. And I know, James, over at the uh, Naperville uh, Golf Tech Facility, you have the, uh, is it called the ARCS machine or the ARX? And, and get it, tell us more about that for people who may not be familiar. Yeah, so we call it the ARX, but you can call it ARCS if you want to. It's adaptive resistance exercise. Uh, so the, the gist of it is, uh, is that it helps you get stronger really fast. Um, a given uh, workout for our students is once a week for 30 minutes. Uh, and in that time, they're really only doing physical work for about 10 minutes. And I think if you ask any of our students that go through that, they'll tell you that that's enough uh, for the entire week. They're, they're sore for four or five days afterwards. 
Um, Steve, I think you've tried it uh, one time here and there, and Dr. Cole, I'd love to get you on to get your opinion, but uh, it's it's the most uh, economical, uh, science-proven way to work out right now and, and try to get strong faster. So we implement that as part of our uh, conditioning program for our students that need it, uh, who, who want to hit the ball further, who want to play better on the back nine, who want to be able to play 27 or 36, like you mentioned, uh, and not you know, kind of pitter out toward the end. It's the ARX machine, available at the uh, Naperville facility. GolfTech.com is the website, and our guest, James Standhart, the Director of Instruction at the Golf Tech Facility in April. James, great stuff. I uh, look forward to seeing you. James is an outstanding instructor. I highly recommend him. And uh, thanks so much for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. I appreciate the kind words. James Standhart back with more of our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, after these messages on ESPN Radio. That's one way to end up on injured reserve. So is falling off a ladder, lifting something heavy. Ow! That's not good. Or having an accident. At work. Uh-oh. Athletico helps all kinds of people come back from injured reserve. Schedule a free injury screening at athletico.com and find out how physical therapy can decrease pain and discomfort, increase strength and mobility, and help you get back to doing the things you love to do. Athletico Physical Therapy. Better for everybody. I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance and scheduled me right away. No wait. Everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. That's all the time we have for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger, our board operator and producer, Felix Reyes, as well as David Cole for operating our website and doing our business side of Sports Medicine Weekly. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel. Thanks for listening. Talk with you again next Saturday at 8.30 for another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly, only on ESPN Radio. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. 